guys, have you ever heard the phrase, he's a chip off the old block, or the apple doesn't fall far from the tree? Kids imitate their parents and other people, and especially as young children, we learn to do what our parents do. So just think about it. Have you ever imitated someone because you wanted to be like them? What if I told you God is inviting us to imitate him as we learn to navigate the culture of the kingdom of God and life together as his family? We're reading in Ephesians 5 today, the the first 14 verses. And it's important that we get the context here as we're going to talk about imitating God. We do this from a place as his beloved children. We do this from a place of great blessing, of being accepted, chosen by God, favored by God. You can go back and read the context of Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2 to really get the foundation for what Paul is writing to the church here in Ephesians 5. So here it is, starting in verse 1. Therefore, Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partakers with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. You guys, all the way back here now in verse 1, we just read 14 verses. Back in verse 1, be imitators of God as beloved children. We are called to imitate God. God. We're called to imitate our Father. And how do we do this? We do this as beloved children. And we need to remember when God is challenging us, with some, this is a kind of a difficult scripture, isn't it? There's, there's very real challenges, very real sins being exposed. How do we address these things? We address them from a place of being kids of our Father. We are beloved children of God. Don't forget this. If we forget this, we'll put ourselves on a never-ending treadmill of trying harder to be good for approval, which we can never really get there. So there's two big ideas within this phrase. For Christians, God is our Father. 
And secondly, we are called to learn and to copy and to imitate what he does. Just like children may not understand everything, but they can do what their parents do. I have this picture of me as a toddler walking around uh, wearing my dad's giant cowboy boots and hat. He had cowboy boots and cowboy hat, and I'm imitating dad. Did I understand the purpose of either the cowboy boots or the hat? No, I just knew my dad wore them, and I wanted to be like dad. So sometimes imitating God, it doesn't mean that we fully understand all of his commands. There may be things about them that we don't understand, but what we're doing is we're saying, I trust you, I look to you as my father, and I'm going to imitate you even if I don't fully understand. Now, how has Christ loved us? We're imitating God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. How has Christ loved us? He gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. And what Paul is saying to the Ephesian church and to us is, now you walk like that in love toward one another, sacrificial love toward one another. So we are called to imitate God. We're called to imitate our Father. Secondly, we're called to recognize things that are not like our Father. And these things that are listed here, sexual immorality, impurity, covetousness, uh, which is idolatry, that would be like greedy living of any kind, uh, filthiness, foolish talk, crude joking, all of these things. He says, these are not like our father. It's actually really cool to, to think about this. God is not abusive. He's not impure. He's not greedy. There's nothing about him that is filthy or that is foolish. That's not like our God. Now, does that mean we can't have fun and we can't joke around? No, of course not. We can, but there's a level of, of, uh, when our joking becomes crude, when it becomes filthy, when it becomes derogatory and running people down, uh, maybe that's even joking about like locker room talk. Men will tend to do that sometimes when there are no women around and they'll just begin to talk about women in a crude way. Those kinds of things. We're not even to speak of them. We're not to have anything to do with them. And Paul says, Everyone who's participating in these things, like ongoing participation, this is how I'm going to live my life, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And he says, don't let anyone deceive you with empty words. Apparently, people will try. But don't be deceived. Don't let anyone deceive you saying, oh, you know what? God doesn't really care about you know, this sexual sin. He doesn't really care about the way uh, you're relating with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or the way that you're letting your eyes stray and wander. He doesn't really care about that. He doesn't really care about your greed in your life. He understands. Don't be deceived by those things. God is not like that, and he's not going to lead you into that. In verse 6, Paul says, it's because of these things, the wrath of God comes on the son's of disobedience. Now, what are we talking about? Is God just getting angry and throwing fits? No, he doesn't throw fits. It's not just like this emotional outburst from God. God's wrath is his abhorrence of evil, of sinfulness. He abhors that. 
And so his, his abhorrence of evil comes on the sons of disobedience. And disobedience means obstinate disbelief and opposition to God's will. So if we're going to continually be disobedient toward what we know God is saying, his wrath will be poured out on that. Now, what Paul says is his wrath is poured out on the sons of disobedience. Don't become partners with them. And it's interesting that he, he's writing to the church, and when he says sons of disobedience, he's, he uses them, like outside of the church. Don't become partners with them. He's not saying to the church, you guys are sons of disobedience, but he is saying stop behaving as if you are. Stop living this different life. You are not sons of disobedience. You are sons of God. You are his beloved children. So rather than all of these, you know, filthiness, foolish talk, crude talking, rather than these, let there be thanksgiving. You overflow with thanksgiving. It's like shifting the conversation. What are we filling the airwaves with around us? He's saying, rather than being crude, filthy, uh, just like sexual joking, those kinds of things, don't fill the air around you with that. Fill the air around you with thanksgiving. Now, Paul is not saying to us, don't be friends with sinners. Have nothing to do with the sons of disobedience. Now, Jesus was a friend of sinners. We can be friends with sinners. But what Paul says is don't partner with them in their sin. Don't get sucked into their sin with them. And, and then you begin behaving like they do somehow in in like, oh, I'm trying to reach them with the gospel, so I'm going to enter into their sin so I can relate with them. No, be with them. Be friends with people who don't know Jesus yet and with people who are living disobedient to Jesus, but don't enter into their sin. If you can fill the air around you and in that relationship with thanksgiving, with remembering who God is and being a good friend uh, to people, that points people to Jesus, and that's great. Now, Paul goes on. He says, observe and learn what pleases our Father. I remember when I was a kid, I first read uh, the, the Western author, Louis L'Amour. I first read his, his fiction because my dad did. I knew he liked it, and he, he talked about it. He spoke well of it, and I tried it out. And the first time I did, the book was too advanced. I was in the third grade trying to read uh, fiction books written for adults. I was in the third grade and I was like, I can't, I can't get into this. But later I tried again and I loved them. I got into the Sackets, uh, this whole series of books that he wrote, taking this family through history. And I really got into it. I observed what my dad was into and what pleased him. He loved reading those. And I began to imitate him in it. And I, I tried out the sackets and it took a little while for that to fit. And that might take a little while as we are imitating God. We're going, boy, some of this doesn't quite fit yet. Keep imitating, keep following Jesus, keep trusting God and see what he does. Paul says to the church, you are no longer darkness, but light. You're in the Lord. You guys, you are in light. You're not a people of darkness, so walk as a people of light. Walk as children of light. 
God himself is called the father of lights. And James 1.17 says, in him there's no darkness at all. And light has good fruit. And I've never thought about that outside of this text of light having fruit. But that's exactly what Paul says here. Light has good fruit. And it's found in things that are good and right and true. So in verse 10, he says, as God's children try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Like what is going to be representative of the light of God? What is going to have good fruit? We don't mindlessly go along with culture, but we intentionally try to discern what is pleasing by learning what is God like? What is our father like? What does he think And a really great reminder is Jesus is the perfect representation of the Father. So you want to know what the Father thinks? Look at Jesus. Look at what Jesus taught. Look at what Jesus did. Look at what he said. You are getting a perfect picture of the Father's heart. So we want to discern and learn, observe what is pleasing to the Father. And why do we do this? Just a reminder one more time. We do this because we are already his beloved kids. Not because we're trying to earn his love, but because we're his kids, we're trying to observe and learn what pleases him. Fourthly, it's kind of the last uh, big point here. Fourthly, shine the light of God into your life. Shine the light of God into areas of your life where you're questioning, is this honoring to God? Shine his light into that. The works of darkness are unfruitful, so take no part in them. Now, does it mean I can only do things that are fruitful in my life? Does that mean I have to like, I have to be busy all the time? I have to be creating fruit? No, you can rest You can relax. You can really rest in the grace of God. You can trust that God is working. And he is a sovereign God. He knows how to build his kingdom. We're not saying, you know, if something is unfruitful, meaning it's not just active and feeling, you know, acting productive all the time, that that, you know, somehow isn't God. Rest is okay in, in a good, proper perspective the rest itself can be very fruitful. So don't forget to rest. Let God be God. You're not God. So take no part in these unfruitful works of darkness. Instead, expose them, says Paul. Expose them to what? Expose them to the light. What does it mean to expose works of darkness? Does it mean we go out and we're picketing and we're pointing fingers at people and saying, you're sinners, you're terrible? No, that's, that's really not what we're talking about. We're not brutally exposing other people in their sin, but shining the transforming light of Christ and his word. This is what it means to expose things to the light. And Paul says, there are, there are these things, shameful things that are done in secret. Expose them for what they are. Call sin, sin. Paul's been doing exactly this just by telling us some things that are works of darkness and telling us that people who say differently are cheating us. So how do we, how do we expose this? We can use scripture to expose our own hearts to what is like our father and what is not. What is Christ like and what is not? 
So a really good question to ask is this. Can I represent Jesus well in this? Whatever this is in your life. If you're questioning, is this good in my life? Is this godly in my life? Is this fruitful in my life? You say, can I represent Jesus well in this? And then shine the light of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Can I do that in what I'm doing? Can I shine the light of the gospel in what I'm doing now? Now, darkness is just that, darkness. It can't shine light into anything. Darkness can't shine light into itself. The light must shine into the darkness. We can tell darkness to stop being darkness all we want. That's futile. We need to shine the light of the gospel into the darkness. So what does Paul say here at the end of this in verse 14? He quotes from a first century hymn. and uh, says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So what's the challenge here? Wake up from our sleepy, mind-numbing, mind-numbing past to this new life that we have in Christ. Wake up from the old and wake up into the new. Rise up from the dead into new life in Christ. That's amazing. God can speak to things that are dead and he can call them into life. If you are needing to turn your life over to Jesus, you're living in spiritual darkness and you just recognize, wow, I really do need Jesus. Jesus is speaking to you and saying, rise up, wake up, rise up from the dead into new life in Christ. And maybe you just feel like I've fallen asleep and I've fallen back into patterns of death. Well, God's word to us is wake up from your sleep, rise up from the dead into the new life in Christ that he has won for us. And the promise is Christ will shine on you. Guys, it is our father's plan to illuminate our lives with the light of Christ so that we can see and we can imitate him and grow up into maturity Him, maturity in him. It is our father's plan to expose darkness, to show it for what it is, and to set us free from it. No deceit, no lies, but God's grace and his truth being revealed. And finally, it is God's plan for us to put away darkness and dark behaviors and to partner with others who are learning what it means to be God's children. Let's imitate God our Father together. How do we do that? We fix our eyes on Christ Jesus. We turn to him in faith and we say, Jesus, help us represent you well. Show us what the Father is like and we will follow. Jesus, I just pray for everyone uh, hearing this today, everyone within the sound of my voice, Lord, that you would wake us up from sleep. You would cause us to rise from anything that is bringing spiritual death uh, in our lives. You would cause us to rise up and we invite you, Lord Jesus, shine on us shine in our lives, examine our hearts, test our hearts, line us up with you and help us represent you well in the earth today. We thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen.